Welcome, my friends, to Scrime Year of the Gaming Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems. Dennis, can I be the first to say congratulations, my friend? Mm-hmm. First, I'm sure, I got married like five days ago. And you were there and said it to me at the time. I can I be, yet. Dennis, the first to say <laughs> congratulations? Can I be the first to say? No, I almost no, certainly can't be the cannot, first to say. Yeah. I think the wedding celebrant is the first to say. I believe so. Yes, I think it was friends joining me in congratulating... Yeah, she kind of sniped you there. She did snipe me. Rude. I would have thought. Who does she think she was, Dennis? You know, she talked a lot during the ceremony. I thought she did. I thought the day was supposed to be about you and Nikki. Yeah, well, you you pay her by the word, so she really gets in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For those of you joining us the first time, welcome. Weird moment to come in, I guess. Episode 111, is that when you traditionally join podcasts? Sure, whatever. Anyway, Dennis got married on the weekend. I did. It was was there. It was a wonderful ceremony. Uh, Nikki wouldn't stop crying throughout the entire time, so yep, she was having a time. great time. Um, wouldn't and- you cry if you were condemned to spend the rest of your life with me, Riley? No, Dennis. You know what? That would be a great joy for me, mm. personally mm. speaking. Actually, no. I don't know. We uh, we used to hang out video. every morning uh, playing video games, like every morning to get ourselves out of bed, keep each other accountable. And it, we lasted six months before we started getting sick of each other, which is pretty good. I think so, yeah. Like, and for I, people who aren't married to each other or romantically involved, like, six months every morning is pretty good. I also didn't get sick of you. I got sick of Apex Legends. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Less less so much, less of us being sick of each other. Well, Riley, we could go back to it with Halo Infinite. I'd love to. I'm getting out of it. You're getting out of it. So, Dennis has become... We mm. wanted, I want to do wedding chat, but, you know, we've talked about the sort of person who's like, oh, I don't have a television. You know, that sort of person just... They always tell you, you know. Dennis is now, since the jet lag from his America trip, has just been getting up at six o'clock every morning. How do I know this? Because he tells me every day. Well, originally I was complaining about it because it was an affliction. Because Riley would be like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, so I'm not sleeping right. Fault, getting sleepy at 10, 30, 11, and mm. waking up at 6 a.m. every day. Which, by the way, is a relatively normal sleep schedule. Uh, but it came to a head this morning because Riley got on at 10 to record with me. And I found all the clips for top five. I prepped all the questions for Crimey River. And Riley's first response just- was... Who are you, and what have you done with Dennis? Because usually I'm the one who gets up and does those things, and then Dennis joins me late. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on. It's unbelievable. Um, I do enjoy the fact that you know you found a new routine, you punctuate whatever else. But I hate the smugness. <laughs> I don't oh, know what I prefer. Good. I don't know what I prefer. I don't know if I prefer late Dennis, so I can be like oh, typical Dennis, or like or six a.m. Dennis, who is on time, but like irritatingly so. Well, it's interesting because like. Before I would go to bed like 2 a.m. or whatever, and often what I would do is I'd play some video games and, you know, play League of Legends and stuff like that mm. between midnight and 2 when everyone else I knew was asleep. Mm. Whereas now I wake up at like 6 a.m. and I do those things while everyone else is asleep. And for some reason, this one's much more socially acceptable. I don't know why. It's so silly. It's because the, sun, no, the sun's not even in the sky. It's the middle of winter. So no, not the sun's sun. well, yeah, yeah, sorry, the sun's set at 3.30 here. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Anyway, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're here to talk about, Dennis. This is, after all, a gaming advice podcast. So let's so, talk about your wedding. Yes. It was, can I say, I mean, I expect to have a good time. It was a better time than I thought it would be. Wow. For one reason and one reason only. The big, the big, the, the, uh, the elephant, the, the filet mignon in the room, Dennis. The food. The fine dining experience. So, for those of you, we'll, we'll remind you of what happened last week. Dennis read the menu to me and I was like, oh, actually, oh, doesn't, yeah. okay, there's some stuff on that menu that doesn't sound so bad. I get to Dublin. We go to the supermarket to get some snacks, and Dan's like, oh, "I've got some bad news." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "So you know, Nikki and I like we had to, you know, sort out the menu. That was a like that was the all the offers, all, all the dishes that we could have chosen from that they gave us on this set menu. We had to cut some, right? And we I was had like, to cut okay. one starter and one main, and one dessert, and one dessert, 
and guess which one was cut from each of those things. Each section was the one that Riley wanted. Yeah. So if you go back and listen Bow to last week's pasta, episode. Pow the du- uh, the lamb. Yep. And I can't remember what you wanted for a zip, but it was cut too. The, something with ice cream. Yeah. I ended up having to have the chrysalis, the cocoon. The the dark chocolate cocoon. The dark chocolate bug, which is very nice. You didn't have Cheese City? Uh, let's talk about it. Let, let, let's talk about it from beginning to end. So, lovely venue. Really Let's go nice. Go on use coupon code tomorrow. Win a PlayStation 5, win an Oculus Quest 2. Uh, get all your Magic cards, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, all your card gaming needs. Shopify.com, coupon code tomorrow. Go ahead. The, the venue is beautiful. Old paintings on the wall. You know, really was how the other half lived type stuff, right? Mm. Ceremony was very nice as well. You know, there was readings, very beautiful words exchanged. Well, the night before, you and I ate a giant pizza. Let's not forget. Let's, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. We ordered a pizza that was so wide that Dennis had to tilt the box to get through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I say we ate it. How much did you eat? I was- had two and a half slices. Yeah. and I, Which I think- equates to roughly a seven-inch pizza in this case, by the way, because slices are very long. I had some for breakfast the next morning as well. It was a good pizza, man. Anyway, so venue was lovely. Ceremony was lovely. We went out and, like, you took photos and stuff, mm-hmm. and then the the food started, Dennis. Tell, talk, talk to us about this. Talk to us about the, the caliber of food that we were eating at this uh, this uh, this wedding. So we went, we, had, we got married and had lunch in um, Restaurant Patrick Gibo, which is a double Michelin star restaurant. So it is very Fancy much- Fancy way of saying two-star restaurant, mate. Well, well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Uh, so it's very, very fancy cuisine. It's like a pheasant tart, which someone at our table was like, is this a peasant tart? And I was like, no, you're not eating people. <laughs> to which what Nikki's you- sister was like, ooh, the peasants are in season, which I enjoyed quite a lot. That was a good gag. Um, but it's like, it's like pheasant tart, filet mignon, mm. everything comes with foie gras, et cetera, yep. et cetera. So yep. it is that kind of French establishment. Yep. Um, I was dreading lunch. There was a kebab shop around the corner that I had... Googled yeah. in case I needed to make an exit just to fill my belly, which actually was pretty full of leftover pizza, so I was doing okay there. You also ate about five or six of the bread canapes that brought around at the cocktail. I hour. did get into the bread. I got into the cheese ball puff things pretty heavily because I was like, what is going to happen? front load, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we sit down, it's brought out. It was the, like, so, okay, first of all, we go into the restaurant. Into, this like, episode's in, called Riley's Guide to Fine Dining, right? We go into like where they've set up the tables. There was so much glassware on the tables. Mm. Each place had like four glasses, right? And a plate. Ah, uh, yes, the decoy plate. The decoy plate. We sat down. I was like, okay, here's the plate. Because, you know, you normally get like a little bread plate off to the side or something like that. We had that. But on in addition to that, we had a big main plate. Just a dinner empty. plate, yeah. We sat down. They started serving the wine and stuff. I didn't have any. I, was just, I, I told them I don't, I'm not going to have any wine. They took away my glasses. They left me with one shame glass that I had water in, right? And then they took away all the plates. Yeah, they took without, the order and they took away the plate without putting any food on them. They just has no. like, "I hear a plates. So you'll be eating off these later." But for now, off they go. No, no, no. I don't think you eat off those plates. No, you be so. So we're introducing you to the concept of something right. like this. Yes, is, yes, this yes. is the sort of thing you'll be eating. I was like, "Oh, very good." You know, they didn't take away yeah, the knives and forks. I think they take, like, take them out back and smash them. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, out came the first course. I chose the what was called the cheese croustillant, which was just. Philadelphia cream cheese in <laughs> in an edible crunchy cylinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got a piece of bread that they were handing out and just spread it on the bread and ate it like that. I was getting dirty looks from the wait staff. <laughs> 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 then the second course came out. No, the main course wasn't it? After that, yeah. You well, we you, we had an amuse bouche. 
Oh, that's right. Our bougers were so amused, Dennis. The yeah, entire you had a bit time. Of back and forth with one of the French waiters. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he came out, and I was like, "What is it?" Because they, they gave us like a little pot of soup that was like a shot it's glass, like a teacup of soup. Or no, a large no, shot glass. A, Dennis, of soup. I'll stop you there. It was not a teacup. It was a shot glass of soup, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, "What is this?" And the waiter goes, "It is an amuse bouche." And I was like, "What is what is an because that means in French like amuse your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Bouge's mouth." And I said, "Listen to me." My bouche has already been well and truly amused. I don't need any more. And he says, Monsieur, I don't think your your bouche has ever been amused in your entire life. <laughs> so so I was, they, were, they were absolutely getting stuck into me. You wouldn't believe it. Like at one point when the, and later there was mushrooms on something I had later on and I scraped them onto Jeff's plate and the waiter gave me a look like a teacher. You know, he was like, <clears throat> oh, like this with a big high eyebrows. I was having a terrible time. Anyway, I decided to get the steak. Yes. Because I don't like steak, Dennis. And every single time I tell someone I don't like steak, their response is always the same. We haven't been to the right steakhouse. You just haven't had a good steak. Mm-hmm. I have now had expensive Brazilian steak, which you paid for. And if I go to chow? I have now had extremely expensive French fillet, steak. Like French fillet of beef. And here's the real kicker, Riley. How did you order it? I got it medium rare. You got it the correct way, which is not the way you would like it. But I believe you wanted to give yourself the opportunity to unequivocally say, I have had the good beef done the right way and I hated it. I'm like, no one can question my dislike of beef anymore. Like, no, uh, sorry, uh, no, beef, star, of steak, yeah. of steak, right? Yeah. No one can say, oh, no, no, you just haven't had good. I've had two star Michelin restaurant steak and it was, Dennis, can I tell you, fine. Better than usual? I didn't hate it. I liked it about as much as I, it, it wasn't as grisly. Mm, you know, it, yeah, it was, you could yeah, tell it was it was good quality. Like you could tell it was good quality meat. It was very nice, right? In that sense, that it wasn't like grisly full of bones or kind of like you know the sort of bit. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't have to pick anything out of my teeth afterwards. That's right? tr- yes, yes, it melts. It kind of disintegrates. Which is the thing, actually. Actually, now that I think about it, that is the thing I dislike about steak the most is how like grisly and chewy and stuff sinewy it is. it is. Yeah. So you know what? I guess I. I guess. You know, you only you have a very two star palette, Michelin yeah. restaurant steak is fine, right? But what it didn't do was make me turn and go, ah, I now love I steak. It. I've been lying to myself this entire time. Out, to outback I go, yeah. Yes. It is it is not, it would not be on. Like, um, Steve, the, one of the guys sitting next to me on the table, he was trying to ask me, how much would you pay for this? I'm like, zero. And he goes, no, 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 no. But like, if you had to pay, I'm like, one cent. He's like, no, no, no. But like, how much do you think this is worth? I'm like, a euro. Like, I, I'm not, I'm never. You would I'd never, never order it, yeah. I would never order it, ever, right? Oh, that's the other thing as well. I asked for chips. <laughs> you didn't tell me this. I didn't do this. No. So I was like, I was like, can I have? Uh, do you, Do you guys have chips? And he goes, No. I'm like, Do you have potatoes? He's like, Yes. And can I? It was like, Can you, you know, pop some of them in the fryer for me? He's like, We don't. We we don't, all the white stuff are French. He's like, we don't do that here, sir. And I was like, Okay. He comes to the table later. I'm like, All right. It's a French restaurant, right? He goes, Yes. I said, Can Can I have okay. some French fries? He goes. Ugh. So, monsieur, we, we don't have French fries. <laughs> I was like, what kind of French restaurant is this? <laughs> um, can I tell you that? That being dessert? said, the steak had a little crown of fried potato on top of it, which you said was one of the best things you ever It eaten. was so... Uh, why did they just serve all that? They had a little bit of like a, this sort of disc of fried potato on the top of it. Mm-hmm. It was so good. They also... I love the mashed butter. Yeah, potato. Calling it mashed potato is a bit generous. Yeah, they brought out tureens of what was ostensibly mashed potato. It was actually just mashed butter. It was. I would say it was sixty percent butter and forty percent potato. Delicious. Lauren and Becky, two of the girls on the table that we sat at, they were like scraping out the corners of the tureen. They were so <laughs> I, like I wouldn't be surprised if one of the got we got was like licking out the corners of the yeah. uh, of the bowl. They loved it that much. Um, 
But the entire time, we were, we were having a great time. The the company was fantastic. I was sat. You were with, at the kids' table. I was at the kids' table, and we were we were getting very silly. Do you know what I enjoy about being around people? Because I don't drink. Do you know what I enjoy mm. being, about people being around people who, who are drunk? Mm. Is they start to get on like my level in terms of like being naughty silliness. Right? Yeah, yeah, silliness. I was using the rear, like the back end of my knife and fork to as a, as chopsticks to feed mm. Jeff food. Right, which he mm. was like. <laughs> Like a baby bird. He was. what it ended up doing. He ended up like cocking his head back and I said, oh, you'd be like a baby bird. Give me a squawk, squawk for me. And he was going, rah, like that before I would feed it. It was so good, dude. And we were playing this game like the waiters were, the wait staff were like teachers and we were doing naughty things and if they caught us, we'd get in trouble, right? Um, Like, uh, oh yeah. And then at one point when the cheese came out, I was like, I called and I was like, excuse me, sorry. And this is so embarrassing for you. And I'm very sorry. I don't don't want to make a big deal. And I don't want you to get any trouble for this, right? But you've brought the cheese out and there's mold on it. So (laughs) obviously you brought out like last week's cheese or something. It should have gone in the bin. And he's just rolled his eyes like, all right. He didn't even bother. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) I want to make something very clear. I did check with the white stuff. Multiple occasions being like, yeah. tell me if like if I'm annoying you, if this is too much, if you don't like, if 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 this is not improving your day at work, tell me because I thought like we were having a good, we were being merry, having a good time, we weren't being obnoxious or insufferable, right? Just a couple little gags. I'm not the sort of person who makes uh, makes like life hard for white staff, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they were being super polite, but I think they were like enjoying having an well, uncultured. One of them gave you her crumb broom. Oh, dude, the crumb broom. I got to have a turn of the crumb broom. So they come around with a little broom thing that they sweep the crumbs off the table because they're serving this crusty bread, right? And I love this thing. It would thing. appear also the only thing that that woman did was was sweep crumb, bread crumbs. She's, she's the crumb specialist. Mm-hmm. Years of training. Years mm-hmm. of training going to it. And that's why I asked her, I said, can I have a turn of the crumb broom? And she's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. don't know if you're ready for this one, right? I was like, no, please. So what I did was I got the crumb room and I went and stood behind Dennis and started crumbing, like crumbing his table to see how long it would notice before he would notice that I wasn't a wait staff. And then I picked up his serviette and wiped his mouth. It was upsetting. And then I was like, I wonder if that's the sort of thing that waiters, like in two-star mission restaurants, like sometimes maybe waiters just do that. That's part of the service. They wipe, they wipe your mouth for you, you know? But you're right. Everyone there was aggressively French. It is very much, but so it is wafer thin. Yeah, like, but I was there speaking like this, uh, but so this is a wafer thin, like that. And then they come around in this loud room wearing their, wearing masks, obviously, mm. and they explain what the dish is, and you can't understand a word they're saying through their French you just accent. go, ah, yes, very nice. Like, no, the most bushes are going to get the foie gras, the leak, the reduction. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. I will enjoy this minuscule portion of food. So much, so little food, though. Yeah? Five courses. Like, I reckon, I reckon a burger and chips from your just regular, you know, 10 euro burger place would have had actually more, like, volume. Yeah, they are lean. Yeah. It's not, it was not, because sometimes you do see um, find out places that have comically tiny portions. Yeah. Like postage-sized stamps, cuts of beef. For it wasn't like that. 30, no. 30, no, it was It was a piece of beef, but it was like a seven-inch piece of beef. I should go to, I, honestly, like, I've got I've got some feedback for Patrick Gibor. Yeah? Well, put them on smaller plates. It'll make them seem bigger. That's true. It's not Number a bad one. shit. Put yeah. serve everything on the bread side plates. Yeah, exactly. That'll make it look better. Um, it wasn't as, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. 
Well, you thought it'd be inedible. I thought I thought I would I thought I would like not eat it, not really eat anything. And you thought you'd nibble everything, every piece, and go and then put yeah. it back in the plate. And that happened a little bit. I went at a couple of things. Hmm. It's like the foie gras. I'm sure if you try, I that. didn't even try that. That went straight into Jeff's plate. Jeff had so much foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh no! He had so much foie gras. Foie gras. He loved it. Uh, no, I didn't. Didn't touch that stuff. Um, but then uh, then we went to a hotel, the Dean, a little after party. And uh, that was good fun. That was much more my speed. The, there were pulled pork buns and calzones, and I had a I had a great time. That was really fun. Played some foosball. I didn't do that. You love foosball. You're so good at it I too. Love foosball. Yeah. Yep. I I yeah. I only I exclusively hustle at foosball. Yep. I don't want to play anybody else who's actually good at foosball. No, no. thank you very much. You just but, want to, um, you want to put people into the dirt. Yeah. I just realized we've talked about your entire wedding from the perspective of me, the guest, not from you, the groom. How was it for you, Dennis? Oh, it was great, but it was more interesting from your perspective, I think. What were some of the the feelings and thoughts that you were having on that day? Uh, I was very nervous about having to do my vows because we'd written our own vows and learned them. Mm -hmm. And then the celebrant messed up the order of things. And I was like, I looked at Nikki because she had her vows written down on a little piece of paper. Mm. And I said, should we do our vows now? And she looked up at me with terrified look in her eyes and just shook her head because she clearly was very nervous about doing it. And I was like, okay, fine. So we never did them. That problem solved itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm annoyed. I put work into mine. I learned them. Yep. I'm, an, I'm an actor, Riley. Yeah. I, I, I rehearsed. You learned your lines. I, I got myself. I, I imagined myself. I mm-hmm. went through a bunch of hoops and exercises to get myself into the mindset of a person who loved and wanted to marry Nikki. And of yeah. course, that was a big leap for me. Yeah, of course. So yeah. I had to try and prepare myself for that. And then similarly, Darren was supposed to do a couple of pieces of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he rehearsed so like eight pieces five of music pieces, that he yeah. learned or something like that. And he did two because I don't, I don't know if the celebrant had a lunch appointment, but she any percent speed ran that marriage, let me tell you. Can I tell you, some of the words she said were very, it was very beautiful. Some of the stuff mm-hmm. that, like some of the things she said, um, the speed at which she said them, less beautiful, more quite astonishing. Bracing, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> she double booked herself, she's like, oh, I can be there by 12. Now, Riley, speaking of words said, we do have a treat for the listeners at the end of this episode of the podcast. We do. And I'm surprised that you want to share this. I have Riley's entire speech from the wedding mm-hmm. recorded with medium audio quality. Mm-hmm. Um, all eight and a half minutes of it, which you were astonished that it was that long, by the way. I th- it felt like 30 seconds. Mm. Um, it was it was mar- massively longer than anybody else's, like either my, my father or Nikki's father's speeches. Your father's speech was... Succinct. This is Dennis. I'm very proud of him. When he was boy, he did something quite funny. Now he is man and marry Nikki. Very good. <laughs> that was his speech, man. Great success. Great success for Stranjak family, yes. I don't know why he, he's not Eastern European. He's Central European, but... No, nah, he's Eastern European. <laughs> um, and then, yes, Nikki's, uh, Nikki's dad got up and, and shared some uh, scattered anecdotes. Yeah, he's always been like that, apparently. Like, Nikki was like, nope, even when he was young, he was a very sort of rambly man. Mm, like uh, a bit of Jack Kerouac type thing. You know? Yeah. You know, he the, the anecdotes were amusing and heartfelt and quite touching, but... They, they, but yes, yeah, so at the end like, of this podcast, we'll be playing Riley's speech in entirety. I don't think there's anything particularly personal or untoward in it. Well, there's some stuff that's very personal in there, Dennis, because it's about you and how much I like you. Right, but nothing I'd be, nothing I'd be ashamed of, like... Well, I mean, there's nothing left for you to be ashamed of, is there? You already know about the Juggalo stuff. That's true. What do you think, you think of the League of Le- Legends reference? There is a League of Legends reference in Riley's wedding speech, I did put a League so. of Legends reference in there, despite knowing nothing to, about to, the game. You had to fact check it. I did. I did. I went on my Discord. I was like, hey, listen. Listen up, nerds. I need some help. 
Do you know what as well? I didn't tell them what it was for and one of them got it immediately. That's gas. As soon as I was asking, right, I think it was Scott who was like, why do I get the sense that Riley is just farming content off of us for his best man speech? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you idiot. Um, All right, Riley, right, well, we'll get into some real questions for the fine folks at home. <clears throat> yes. A reminder, of course, channelfiber.com. Coupon code night. Uh, we did kind of- smart. That was probably the- I've actually disabled coupon code night. So if you use it now, it's going to donate 5% directly to the Westford Baptist Church. So I recommend using coupon code smart instead. There's no way right. that's true. There's <laughs> no way that's true. Channel Fireball is not having that on the ledger at the end of the- Why did you give money to this, this terrible homophobic organization? Oh, it was for a jape. Like, no one- All nonprofits not- are equally tax deductible, right? <laughs> get out of town. All right, question comes comes in from Choingler Riley. About and I knew something. this would happen, Dennis. What happened to Shenron's mm. goldfish? It's down there. Well, you said it was. Uh, it's been bumped down the queue. Last week we we said we were going to do Shenron's goldfish question. If We've we burn to- twenty minutes on Choingler, Shenron's getting bumped again. <laughs> We've done bloody fifteen minutes of wedding chat, and now we're doing a question that isn't Shenron's goldfish. We'll get there, Shenron's goldfish. Oh, Don't well, worry. We'll see. Anyway, go on. Riley Dennis, I am recently, I'm recently, I have, I assume that you say, I have recently watched the announcement stream for Alchemy, the new Magic the Gathering Arena format that is a rebalancing of standard. I was at first excited for Arena to be stepping into the world of patches like League and other online games to use the game, keep the game interesting and nerf outliers, buff things, etc. But after learning that there is no compensation for nerfed cards, I am less excited to try out the format. Do either of you have any wisdom to share about approaching Alchemy? You go first. So my best bet for when what to do when you want to uh, when approaching Alchemy now that it releases is I would go I would Google download Legends of Runeterra, and that's probably your best bet. No, I hate it. I'm not kidding. I hate it. I like. I'm going to address this a little more seriously. I've um I've spent the last couple of days, week, or however long it is since the since it's been this came lost. out while you were at my house right before yeah, the wedding. That's right. Yeah. So a couple of days I've spent reading through a lot of different opinions from a lot of different people. Positive opinions, negative opinions, mixed opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, positive opinions that don't seem very genuine to me. Mm, you mentioned uh, that to me actually. Yeah, you're like, I don't. I think you're like these. Some of these people tweeting the bit like, yeah, I can't wait for excited for alchemy. It feels very. It feels very strange. artificial. Some of the negative opinions that feel very uh, performative. In like a man yells a cloud kind of way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And. Where I'm left after having, I think, done my due diligence on it and not just, this isn't just a This is not a gut reaction. Gut reaction. Well, the thing is, it is a gut reaction because my gut reaction hasn't changed. You you circle back to it, though. I don't don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. I find it really hard to justify exactly what I don't like about it. Like when when we say, what don't you like about it? It's like, the vibe, man. Magic Mm. is not a digital card game. I don't want it to be a digital card game. There are well, other I, better digital card games. I This is something I complained about in the past, which is that Magic is a digital facsimile of the best paper card game. I you think. mean Arena, yeah. Arena, sorry, Arena, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is not a digital card game. And the Alchemy cards they've released are things that I've often said that they want, that I think they should do in Arena. You know, uh, cards gaining permanent buffs, creating mm. copies of cards, mm. add a random two mana card, Hearthstone and Runeterra, kind of, specifically Hearthstone, kind of effects. Yeah. Because a computer can easily track if you giant go something and it stays in your deck, etc., things mm-hmm. like that. Whereas it's impossible in paper. I always wanted to do that with a limited set. A draft set that was only available on Arena, like an Unstable, mm-hmm. or or an Unfinished is coming out now, kind of thing. Mm. I don't think it's a good idea to mix those with standard cards. And now the real problem is not just that they're like, also, I think we're going to find if they add them to historic. 
those kind of cards. Hmm. Cards that because historic's already an arena only format. Yeah. And they then they've already had them. They're like 13. That were, <gasps> excuse me. 13 that were added during like Jumpstart or whatever. Exactly. And, but leaning, like now they've really leaned into those sort of digital only design spaces. Yeah. And I think that kind of thing for historic makes perfect sense. What I don't like is if you play your Oko in, uh, yeah. at FNM, yeah. it costs three. If you play it on Arena, it costs four. It's it, like Oko is not a good example because it's banned, but something like a Seeker's Chariot. You but, know? They, but they might, what I mean is they might not have banned it. But but no, they would have banned paper. What? Sure. So sure. Seeker's Something Chariot is, is a better example. Yeah. Aaron's Epiphany, right? The Seeker's Chariot mm-hmm. makes one cat in one format and two in others. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron's Epiphany makes birds in one format and it doesn't in another unless you foretell it. I don't like I don't like the decoupling of of the digital format. I don't like having two different versions of the same card, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in what um what's been called out in the questions written in here is if your Alan Alan gets nerfed mm. and you burned four wild cards on it, tough titties. The wild card stuff, like people get very very precious about their wild cards, and I kind of play. But they into, are precious. I kind of play into that in my stream, but then like there is a reason for that. It's because like you just they're like. Yeah, it feels like the economy of the uh, the economy of arena is in shambles. It's an absolute. Like we shambles. would talk about this because you, you you've been playing Runeterra lately. You said you might stream even Runeterra later today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah, um, and I've picked it up again in the last day or two. To I just don't, I don't again. feel like I'm being exploited when I play Runeterra. No, they throw. I, I would say Runeterra is overwhelmingly generous. I'm like I am bombarded by the stuff I'm getting by playing through the free PVE stuff they release with Arcane. Yeah. Like yeah. it's too much. I'm like I don't even understand. All you get like I'm the equivalent there. of Goldspan Dragons when you play through it. Yeah, you know, and but the main thing is you can just buy wild cards. If you want, if you want Goldspan Dragon, you buy what the equivalent of Mythic wild cards. Buy Champion wild cards. They're three dollars each, right? A deck starting from zero, a deck has a definite price. Yeah, not I'll open boosters until I open. Not spend a hundred dollars on packs and blast and hope that I get them. You know, like loot box and and we've always we like. Booster boxes, booster packs of always have kind of been grandfathered into digital magic because you know that's how we always used to get the cards and in paper, and also because booster packs we accepted because they were game pieces, they were but, necessary for draft, right? Yes, right. Kind of, was, but now with set boosters and collector boosters, and even was it released like forty secret layers this year? Yeah. So that that model, the collectible card game model, went that you know it's like oh you need to buy booster packs, whatever. That's no, that doesn't it really is a lowercase g in game now doesn't really work for me anymore and then yeah the feeling that like if i want to build a you know mono white deck and i need my thalias and i need my skyclave apparitions and all the rest of it i can't just get those cards mm-hmm. i need to open packs but then i need to open different types of packs for different cards like mm-hmm. when i compare that to something like rune terror it's it's a bit we're getting off the truck off the to- topic of alchemy yes alchemy is not a limited set it is not being it's, drafted. No, it is the future of the game. <laughs> no, 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 Dennis. There's something much more important than this. Why are there rares and mythics? Why it's is like, not? Like, why is every card not a common? Is it for yeah. pauper? No. Make them all uncommons. Why is no, there it's, rarity? It's to, it's to get you to burn wild cards. But that's like the and this is why I feel like I'm being taken for a ride. Mm. I mean, look, rarity exists in Runeterra as well. It's not great, but. I don't run out of wild cards in Rune Terror because they give you so much stuff. Like they give you a way that you can support your your you know your account without putting thousands of dollars into it a year. Well, in, in exchange, what Rune Terror does is they make um, 
really sick cosmetics. It would appear, to be honest. Yeah, I mean the cosmetics and are ridiculous. Hundreds of them. But I don't have I don't have a problem with that. You know, if you want to waste ten dollars on a board on, on a like a, a board to play on a play mat effectively that that shines and sparkles, that's fine. That's your money to spend. And you acknowledge that people like that are what keeps the game going. I just I, like it's it's not about like. We talked about this when you were here. Um, the, the monetization the, in Arena is a barrier to playing the game. The issue that I have isn't the fact that the, the game costs money. I don't think it's wrong for entertainment to cost money, right? Particularly when right. it costs money for the people who are doing it. What I don't like is a game like The Sims, right? Or a game like any other one where it's like, oh, you've bought the game. or you've, But if you want to actually play the game, you have to spend more money. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't like the- I don't like this- I don't, Arena is free. It's free to play. It's great. You can sit there and you pay a cent, right? But if you want to pay for it, if you want to pay for a game piece, you can't buy that game piece. You have to buy another thing that maybe gets you that game piece, but probably doesn't, right? And eventually enough of it gets you the wild cards required. To if get you the spend game enough. Piece. So the thing that really rubs me the wrong way about Jumpstart, and like people, you know, people talk about the precious wild cards and not that no compensation for getting nerfed. That for me isn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue is why are they, why are these these cards costing wild cards to begin with. I don't mind them costing money. If mm-hmm. if if there were the you know when they they the, the, the thing they used to do was those historic anthologies, yeah. And I thought that, that they were weird choices for some of the cards they had in there. But you could just pay X gems and you would get a playset of every single card. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that that is fine because you you spend the money on the on the game pieces you want, you get the game pieces, mm-hmm. right? I guess that is more like The Sims actually. <laughs> Maybe The Sims. Well, that, is like that. What that is is it's a secret layer. But that for me on a client like Arena is fine. If they mm. were just like, here's the new, here's this new um, Innistrad Alchemy set and here's, you know, you can buy all the blue cards even, all the black cards. Kind of annoying to have to buy every, but at least you get, you're not buying packs and just hoping. I'm concerned. My concern is the decoupling. It's, first of all, that it's confusing. Um, this also To have me, yeah. two different versions of cards and things like that. Yeah. My concern is that I don't think Wizards is going to hire three new employees for play design for balance I think they're going to balance alchemy they'll do some level of balancing for but like suddenly it doesn't really matter if your card releases and it's super overpowered you can patch it yeah which is an asset fine but it's not an asset for the people who have the physical card which is not going to change and I, I don't know what the future of competitive play is like with Alchemy. I don't know if, like, future tournaments are going to be held as, like, with Alchemy. You would think so, right? Because, I would imagine Because so. it is going to be the balanced, the most balanced and therefore probably the best um, format. Um, but then you've got Hearthstone and Runeterra cards in there as well, which just... It just, I, it just doesn't sit well with me. And I, I know this is very old man yelling at cloud type thing. And the other mm. annoying thing is some of them aren't even d- online-only effects. Like there's one, there's the red, what is it? Uh, I think it's a 2-1 or a 2-2, a 2-2. a wanted cutthroat. I've got it here, right? When it enters the battlefield, when it deals combat damage to a player, exile a non-land card from their library at random, right? During your turn, you play the card. Dennis, if only there were a way to select a card at random from an opponent's deck. You can't, for, impossible to do in paper. For example, the top card of the, the deck. The top card of the deck. The bottom card of the deck. The bottom Shuffle card the deck, of the deck. The top card. Yeah. Reveal cards from the top of your opponent's library there's and another, you need a non-land card. There's another one that's like the next time you would cast a creature spell, do X. Yeah. Which in paper you would do by putting a charge counter on it yeah. or whatever and then removing it when you cast it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's less of a thing. But th- basically, my takeaway from this is there is nothing about this that I like. 
really. <laughs> I think it'll make for a better digital game. I don't. I don't think that this is something that they like. I don't think they they make what was for the longest amount of time the best physical card game in the world mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Why try to get into an overcrowded minefield of digital game of digital card games where there's already many successful games that are built on that infrastructure, mm-hmm. built as digital games. It does feel like they're trying to compete. Um, I, I don't even know if it's a bigger pond. It's just, I mean, look, there's a different so, pond. Someone somewhere, someone somewhere was must have must have run a financial analysis and decided that they that may, may makes this the right business move, which I understand. I don't know, man. People say like, oh, you know, it's killing the game. The game's dying. I don't think that. I think that the game. I think the game's just changing, and I think that it's leaving leaving some people behind. I think it might, but that might be the case. But I think it also. I think if this is the direction it's going, I do think it does not bode well because. Magic is the best best card game in the world. It's not the best digital game in the world. Yeah. Not just Runeterra and Storybook Roll or Slay the Spire or Hearthstone or whatever. Mm. Not just that. If I'm sitting at a computer or I suppose on my phone, but even if, like sitting at my computer playing a card game, I could be playing Warzone or League of Legends mm. or Age of Empires or Rainbow Six or Valorant or Overwatch or any number of other video games. Mm. The options are just massively, massively more diverse. But if you're sitting down to play a paper card game, well, there's something intangible. Not even sorry, there's something very tangible about that. There's a special social interaction, yeah, and there's a fun to it. And there's there, there's limitations of, pay, of paper games, but there's huge bounties to be had there. It is not the best. I don't think it's the best digital card game, and I don't think it's the best video game by but, a long but, shot. But my point is, I think you could make the case for reasonably. I mean, you and I are fans of Magic, but like, I think you could reasonably make the case that it is the best paper card game definitely i would fight for that yeah like i don't think that there are some other ones that are fine right like Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon whatever else you know the flesh and blood all that sort of stuff i don't think any of them are coming close to magic no i don't think so like maybe pokemon's more popular from a collecting standpoint it's a collecting that's not a game it's yeah. not a game people aren't playing it as much so I, I i don't know i i don't like being negative you know, there was when, a, I, when I when I put this question in the dark, Riley was like, mm, "I don't know if I want to." do I don't know if I was. Do I just fake it and just come and say it's great? Looking forward to seeing all the you know the cool new stuff we can do. It's really fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a great time watching and see exactly what happens with alchemy. It just it doesn't sit well with me, and I can't justify that opinion. That also doesn't sit well with me either. The fact that I can't properly enunciate like what I really have an issue with, but. Mm-hmm. It's the it's a combination of the economy, the decoupling of, of physical and, and digital gaming. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's just I don't I don't I don't love it. Bit of a bummer, but good news, folks at home, who have been eagerly awaiting the return mm. of Shenrod Goldfish's question. It's here. We're we're going to get to it right after Commanders of the No, let's do it. <laughs> Shenrod's Goldfish, uh, will I be the shark slash asshole? Let's see. An acquaintance of mine who will call Ben. Are we Why calling call them Ben because so they're called Ben? <laughs> I think a fake name for my friend Benjamin. Hmm. Ben. Ben. Benji uh, is selling a foil Japanese Strixhaven alt art channel. I offered $20 Australian because we're Australian. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Uh, because I, I offered $20 Australian to confuse. Uh, in the negotiation. I, well, yeah, I, I offered $20. He accepted, but the fool didn't realize I was offering Zimbabwean dollars. Mm. Um 
Uh, I honestly didn't think it would be worth that much. However, I recently found out that it is being sold for about $45 online. He agreed to 20 but I don't know the value, of, uh, but I don't know if he knows the value of the card. I don't really want to pay more than 20 for it as it's a gift, but I also don't really want to shark him. What should I do? It's definitely sharking. Uh, well, you didn't intend to shark. Oh, at the beginning, it's not shocking, but after yeah. you found out. It's definitely shocking. It's shocking. But tricky. tricky, tricky well, tricky. you have a responsibility to tell Ben. Ben, in inverted commas, who definitely isn't called Benjamin, um, that the card is worth more than you agreed to. And Depends I think- Depends on- Sorry, go ahead. I think if you take 20, you are the asshole. Well, here's the question, Riley. Yeah. Let's say you saw this card listed. Say you wanted to buy me this Japanese foil altart, bells and whistles, borderless, yes. etch-a-sketch, yep. signature, spellbook, secret layer version of this card for mm-hmm. me for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And you saw it on TCG Player or on Card Market or on Shopify.com yes. or on eBay mm-hmm. for $20. Yeah. When you know, if you went and looked at the price, it should be 45 I think if you are selling things on a marketplace, whether it's mm-hmm. Channel Fireball, TCG Player, MKM, eBay, whatever, if you are going to make that decision and sell your cards that way, it is on you, the seller, to make sure that you're... Because at that point, it becomes, it's a business thing, right? Well, Ben is actively selling the card. Yeah, okay. It was selling I for $20 because I didn't think it worth that much. If Ben has just been like, I don't want this, do you want it? Like, yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks. Now, I mean, for it. Th- th- this could be on a marketplace. It could be on shopfarber.com. Well, well, unless it's a store. It could be. If it, it, is, could be on, if it is being. It could be in a Facebook group. Oh, okay. Here's, here's the line for me. I found the line, Dennis. If it is being public publicly offered for sale, right? If Ben is saying. Like, to say if somebody else could take advantage of it if you didn't, you mean? It, exactly. If Ben is saying, I want to sell this card, right? Then if you offer $20 and he accepts, that's fine, right? If he is being, if he puts it up and says this card is twenty dollars, then whatever, it doesn't matter. He said he should have done his research and said that, right? But if he doesn't know and he's just offering it to you like as a mate, right? And you're like, oh, I don't want this card. You can, you want to buy it off me? Like, yeah, sure, right? Well, the, you then the second part of the question is how heavily do we weight the word acquaintance here? What does that really mean? Well, it, 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 that that doesn't matter. It does. No, it doesn't. You- it doesn't matter how well you know the person. It matters how it matters how they're selling the card. Is this something that you stumbled upon in, in, in his trade binder and was like- Well, no, no. He said Ben is selling. He didn't say Ben has and I asked to buy. Well, if that if that's the case, if Ben's going about saying, I want to get rid of this, the more responsibility is on Ben to make yeah, sure- Yeah, I think this has a 1999 sticker on it in Ben's binder. Uh, in that case, then no, it's fine. Okay. If Ben is asking- you- If Ben wants $20 for it- Now- you can, but I I don't think that I, I I'm gonna say I don't agree with Dennis. I don't think that. I think Ben doesn't know how much this is worth, and I think you should say. Oh no, I agree. I think Ben doesn't care. Then that's also didn't fine. care to look it up because it is the other thing, right? You might come back and say it's worth forty five bucks, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm no thirty then, or something like that. You know, that's likely. I think. That's that. I think if if Ben doesn't care about it that much, then that's probably where you'll end up. You still get it for um, a bargain. So the kind of things that I think I care, what Riley said is important is is basically could someone else easily take advantage of that you hadn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you get the sense that Ben just doesn't care or didn't bother doing his research? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last point is how likely do you think Ben will be to f- come back to you two weeks and be like, yo, you screwed me on that card? Mm-hmm. And for how much do you care about that? <laughs> I still think you should mention it. Unless, unless Ben is like 
this is for sale, it is $20, buy it or don't, I don't care, right? Then you don't have to do anything. But if this is like, uh, I, I want to buy this, how much? Oh, 20 bucks. I think you have a responsibility to say, I think it's worth a bit more than that. I don't think you have a responsibility. I think it's okay to. I think you can go above and beyond. Okay, responsibility is the wrong word. If you want to buy it, you have a responsibility to say that, I think. You don't have to tell him just because it's mispriced. Wow. I think it's fine. It's here. a little shitty. Dennis just out, out here sharking, dude. Be, lock up your cards because Dennis sounds is coming like, for him. Smells like blood in the water to me right now. Yeah, it sounds like chum in the water. Let's go. Um, no, I, I, I would say something. I think I would say something and just make sure that Ben, you're both on the same page because I, I, as Dennis says, I think the overwhelming, the most likely thing is Ben just either doesn't care, just wants wants to get rid of it. Like I, I wouldn't want to foil Japanese Strixhaven alt art channel. I wouldn't want that card. No, that's stupid. That's that's about that. I understand. Like <laughs> I assume the person they're buying it for wants it. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I, I can relate to Ben. I don't want this card. I'll sell it. How much? Sure. Oh, I see. I see. I see. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Ben, if Ben is in the same position as me. Ben might just be like, eh, 20 bucks, whatever, 30 bucks. What is it for, worth 45? Have it for 30. I don't care. You know what I mean? That's the vibe I'm getting here. I don't know about you, Dennis. That's what I'm picking up, right? I'm not shaming our listeners for liking <laughs> foil, alt art, whatever. Like, people can, people can just spend the money. If you're a dumb want. loser who likes this kind of cards, If you're an idiot who doesn't like real magic cards and the only real magic cards. If you'd are, rather incinerate $45 instead of 20 that's up to you. If you want to incinerate your money, go to patreon.com slash slash river. We've got to talk about that, so, Dennis. That's coming up today. We do. Well, yeah, no one will hear it in time. No one will hear it in time. <laughs> I guess the patrons might. Yeah. Um, the other thing, Riley, mm. I think, honestly... Chairman's Goldfish, let Ben know the card's overpriced, yep. underpriced. It's not fair of you to buy it from me. Give him a chance to take it off. You know, whatever platform we sign it on or Facebook could be something you put it up for him. Just go to chaffable.com. Get yourself one from there. Support a local game store. Full price. Use coupon code SMAR. Help out your favorite podcast. I think that's probably the most ethical thing to do. I think anything else would actually be heinous. I, I think anything know. else would make you the asshole, actually. Yeah. Now be, that I, I've thought I, I, about I, I, it. I think so. Now that I've thought about it, the only ethical way for you to procure this card is to go to chaffable.com. Use coupon code night. That's the only thing. That's the only way. All right. We've got time for another one, Dennis, or we got to stop? we got to stop, don't we? we got to stop. we got to get your speech in. Unbelievable. Well, Arcane Viewing Party, tonight. Tonight. Wednesday. 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone who missed it. Um, uh, I have to say, every single person I've spoken to has only had good things to say about Arcane. And that is incredible particularly as it is a league of legends piece of media mm. and league of legends fans hate everything particularly league of legends so no mm. one has anything, anything bad to say my expectations as a result dennis are sky high i don't know oh hang on whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's bring those down a little you've said it is amazing you said it's like one of the best yeah. anime you've ever watched yeah it's great but i want you to enjoy it i don't want you to constantly be like i thought this would be you know what i mean all right well uh if you're listening to this as a two dollar Patreon, it's not too late. <laughs> yeah, this is as release as a two-dollar Patreon. It's not too late to get your hands get, go, go right now. You've though. got nine hours um, from from when I'm recording this, so probably another hour before it's like updated and uh, uploaded and released. Um, but uh, if you're interested in in supporting the show that way, Patreon.com/slash. Uh, I'm so used to saying Patreon.com/slash Half Us History. Patreon.com/slash Scrum River. Five dollar fresh cheese bag gets gets you access to what we're calling the game night, which is just us doing a view. What Dennis called a watch uh, along. Yeah, watch uh, along, not a watch along. Dennis wrote on the tweet and in the Patreon post a watch uh, along for the arcane watcher along. Watcher along, (laughs) walla (laughs) along. The watcher along. 
That's the All new right. that's the new Age of Empires four priest noise. Um You find folks at home are about to be treated to the sultry tones of Riley Night's speech. But before we cut to that Thank you all for listening. Thank you for shopping at shopfarm.com using coupon code SMART. Thank you to the fine patrons at patreon.com. Co-op. Patreon.com slash Scrammy River. See you tonight. See you tonight. And Riley, anything else you want to say? I mean, no. Nah. No. Nah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a hilarious intro to this speech. But, um, oh, is it going to have the opening? Yeah, it's in there. It needs Well, that requires a little bit of, a little bit of context. So... At the beginning of the speech, I had a bit of because yeah, a bit of prop comedy. Everyone loves that, mm-hmm. right? I had two speeches. I had one in my left pocket, and I had one in my right pocket. So when I got up, I reached into my right pocket. I pulled out a piece mm-hmm. of paper, and on this piece of paper, it says, "Hi, Riley. This is the fake speech you're going to use for the opening gag that mm-hmm. you planned for Dennis's wedding speech. If you're reading from this speech, stop immediately and get the other speech out of your pocket." I didn't read any of this, obviously. I just written it on it so it looked like it was a real a real speech, right? I then got up and you'll hear, I'm like, oh, da, da, yeah, no, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to do this from the heart. And, and you, can hear po- your, you can hear this on the recording. And what I did was I tapped my like left heart. breast, right? Like where your heart is roughly, and then reached into that breast pocket and pulled out the second speech. It was very good. So, so that, there was, that a, there is was a visual, visual element to it. It was a great gag. It went over like a house on fire. As Everything else should translate fine to audio. All right. Looking forward to hear what, seeing what people think of it. All right. Thanks a lot. Coupon code SMART. Stay fresh, cheese bags. My name's Riley, um, and I'm a mate of Dennis's. And um, when Dennis announced or told me that he was getting married, he insisted that I come, which was obviously my pleasure, until he said, um, I'm not missing out on that speech. So, <laughs> no pressure, mate. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, but it is wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to be at this incredible restaurant, easily, the fanciest places. I mean, I'm not used to fine dining and I mean uh, two stars is low but <laughs> <laughs> then again like the cheese had mold in it so <laughs> anyway um actually uh, we'll, do, uh, we'll do this one from the heart <laughs> Dennis um, Dennis did ask that this speech be uh be clever and amusing. Uh, he wanted this to be very entertaining, so we'll start things off. I did some research there, suggest to have a little opening line, a little joke, so we'll start with that. <clears throat> Always helps to explain what a joke's about to be told. Um, I, I just flew in from Glasgow, and boy, are my arms tired. My suitcase was very heavy lifting into the overhead bit. No, okay, we'll leave that one. As I say, my name's Ryan, one of Dennis's closest mates. Uh, we have a very beautiful friendship. Uh, over the years, we've grown very close to each other. Uh, and our friendship has blossomed for probably the best of reasons. It is in our continued mutual professional interests <laughs> to remain uh, uh, close. So a, very, a fairytale friendship, really. But over the years, I've learned a lot, not only about Dennis, but also from Dennis. He's taught me the value of, of relentless and an optimistic tenacity. He has, taught, he has taught me to address problems with, with a balanced and a grounded perspective. And he has taught me that if you arrange to meet him at 11 o'clock, you have until at least 18 minutes past before you actually have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Although when he tells you about the 18 minutes later, it 
won't be 18 minutes, of course, no, it'll be five. I mean, he was on time. He was basically exactly punctual, unless, of course, he's trying to make a point of how late he was, in which case it's not 18, it's 30 or 40, or he turned up at 11 p.m. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, who knows? Whatever is going to make the best story. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. This, these are words to live by for this man. Uh, and when we experience the Dennis Stranjak director's cut of any story, extracting the truth from it is a skill that those close to him have had to learn very, very carefully honed over the years. Were there really 50 people in the queue, Dennis? Were there 15 and you couldn't be bothered waiting? Was the cane really on 1HP when he phased away? Or did you just cancel an order? <laughs> um, you know, it's an amazing story that you're all telling us actually true. Did it happen to you or did someone else tell it and you decided that you would be a better protagonist? <laughs> Look, I don't know. Who's to say? In years to come, maybe when Dennis talks about his wedding and recalls these fond memories and talks about this clever and amusing and ultimately very heartfelt and touching speech, maybe it will be he who got up. Dennis and his silver tongue, of course, infamous to all of you here, and this is not something that he just puts to use in his storytelling, no. He, uh, of course, he is constantly, his mouth constantly writes checks that his brain cannot catch. <laughs> but somehow the silver tongue just keeps paying the bills. It lets him persuade you of anything, really. It, let, it, it seemingly beams reality to his will. It convinces you he's not running late. No. In fact, he's waiting for you. <laughs> in the hotel lobby. Waiting for ten minutes. Waiting for him. You're in the lobby, Dennis. <laughs> in the same way that we've always been at war with Esau. <laughs> but look, I did say that this speech would be both heartfelt and touching, and uh, we've got the heartfelt bit out of the way when I'm talking about how much he's... <laughs> lack of punctuality pisses me off, so let's talk about it. Let's get, let's get to the... Uh, I mean, unlike Dennis, I don't write checks I can't cash. So, I said it was going to be touching. Let's get to the touching bit. I admire Dennis. I admire him. I really do. I admire him not just for the man that he is, but I admire him for the man that he seeks to be. I admire his eagerness to embrace success, but I also admire his eagerness to embrace failure and learn from it and grow from it and to do better next time. I admire his capacity to be a shoulder to cry on or to be a firm kick up the ass, <laughs> alternatively as needed. Above all else, however, what I admire about Dennis is his firm and unyielding rejection of the mediocre and his unrelenting drive for excellence, which very neatly brings us to this partnership. The choice that these two have made to share their lives together will come as no surprise to anyone in this room. Dennis abhors mediocrity. He doesn't settle for second best. He seeks both comfort and challenge in equal measure. And so he ends up with me. And he also needs someone hard enough to put up with his nonsense on a regular basis, so that also factors into it. But Nicola Riley Strangjack, the woman with whom Dennis has chosen to spend the rest of his life, is deeply reflective of Dennis's, Dennis's core ethos. 
And besides, Dennis wanted to marry her, and I mean, Dennis just has a way of always getting what he wants. <laughs> so he, he really is as simple as that. He wants to marry me, and so they are married. <laughs> yes. Dennis, the most important lesson you've ever taught me is that a person is not defined by their faults, whoever they are. And while you've got quite a bloody enough of them to be getting on with, you have found someone in this world that is not just immensely tolerant of the faults that you have, but also deeply complimentary of them. Someone who is sensible enough to ground you, someone who is tough enough to keep you honest, and perhaps most importantly, someone who is diplomatic enough to roll her eyes behind your back. <laughs> Everyone the extended Straniac director's cut. <laughs> But Nikki, your husband is and will remain a steadfast and a loyal companion. Your husband is a man upon whom you will be able to rely for clear-headed and reasoned decisions. Even if you can't do rely upon for directions in the car. But your husband is someone that you are very lucky to have at your side as you bind your life stories together. And from now until forever. And Dennis. You are lucky to have at your side someone who puts up with your bullshit. <laughs> My friends, with this newly, newly consecrated and solemnised partnership we honour today, I ask you to join me. <laughs> I ask you to join me in wishing these two the very best as they share life's lessons, as they embrace life's challenges, and they celebrate life's triumphs together. May they do so in the best of health and with good fortune for the rest of their days. To Nikki and Derek.